0: Possibly the truest love story that I've ever read is a novel called The Road by the author Cormac McCarthy. The Road was published in 2006 to plenty of critical acclaim. Even made it onto Oprah's Book Club, for any of you who are part of that. Um, I don't know what Cormac McCarthy would say about my description of The Road as a love story. Uh, But if you know anything about the plot of the book, you know it is not a warm and fuzzy story at all. It's a story about the journey of a father and son, and the setting is post-apocalyptic America in the wake of some extraordinary disaster that's happened about which we know nothing. The earth is scorched and ash falls like snow from the sky and civilization has collapsed. And gangs of heavily armed men roam the land, seizing whatever food, weapons, and people that they can. It's a very bleak shadow of a world in which there's not one shred of hope. Um, So a bold choice for Oprah's book club, uh, perhaps. Um, But I think that Oprah chose right. The road is a beautiful story. It's a love story, maybe the truest one I've ever read. The book is about a journey of an unnamed father and son from their home somewhere in the north, along a road that takes them south to the coast. It's not just a story about survival, it's a story of a father's unceasing care and attention for his young child, doing all that he can to preserve the boy's innocence in the midst of total ruin and destruction. There's a moment in the story when the father wakes in the woods in the dark of the early morning and he reaches out to his son who's lying there asleep next to him and he contemplates the journey they will undertake. And there's a line that Cormac McCarthy writes from the father's voice that gets right to the heart of the story. Here's the line. He knew only that the child was his warrant. He said, if the boy is not the word of God, God never spoke. If he is not the word of God, God never spoke as if the life of his child was proof that God had not completely abandoned the world. So when the infant Jesus is brought into the temple, it was as though there was once again proof that God had not completely abandoned the world. Because for the Jews living in first century Palestine, under Roman occupation, the world looked pretty bleak. A foreign power with foreign gods dominates the land and has installed a puppet king, Herod the Great, to rule over the people. So, when we hear in the gospel that there was a man whose name was Simeon, righteous and devout, who was looking forward to the consolation of Israel, we should hear the estrangement, the desperation, ringing in those words, the consolation of Israel. Simeon is an aged man and he knows that he won't die before he sees the Lord's Messiah. He knows it. Even though all else seems like ruin and destruction, he sees the child in the temple and takes him in his arms and gazes into his eyes and starts singing a song that he can't hold back because if this child was not the word of God, God never spoke. In his song, Simeon sings that he has now seen God's salvation, prepared for all people. Simeon sings that he has seen the light, not just any light, but a light to enlighten all people and the glory of God's people, Israel. And this lullaby song, it must have lingered with Jesus for his entire life as he grew up and grew in wisdom, because by the time he's fully grown, he claims that language speaks it as his own. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of the world who scatters the darkness. The word of God spoken for our salvation. Simeon's song is just as much for us now as it was for him then. Even though we're not residents of first century Palestine, nor are we survivors wandering about in post-apocalyptic America, we know what it's like to be a people who exist in darkness, in a world where complex systems of power and control always seem to win out over those striving after justice and peace. We know the extent of the darkness, but we also know that in the midst of the darkness, a light has shined and the darkness will not overcome it. Christ is the light and he has overcome the world, even when it seems very much the opposite. And just as Christ is our light, so too are we called to be lights to one another and a light for the whole world. It's fitting then that the feast of the presentation also came to be called (coughs) Candlemas, the mass of candles, the day when the church blesses its candles and reminds us that every, every candle in church is a sign of the presence of Christ among us. That all light everywhere, in fact, is a sign of the light who shines in the darkness eternally. Candles can be blown out. Lights can go out. The power will go out. One day the sun is gonna burn out. But the light of Christ it will never go out. No matter what. May we be drawn to Christ like moths to a flame, being not destroyed, but purified. For he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap, and he will heal us with his light. If we dare to draw near to it, or if by the grace of God someone else leads us there, may Christ who is our light present us to the Father by the power of the Spirit to the glory of God. Amen.